0: Hello Buglers, I'm Andy Zaltzman and this is Top Stories, the show that celebrates old bugles. Why can't things be like the old days, eh? Um, Well, there's a number of good answers to that question. But let's go back to the goodish old days at the 2012 UN General Assembly, an event so full of cranks and loonies that Barack Obama decided to meet no one. It's issue 207 of The Bugle, with me and John Oliver.
1: Top story this week! You're you unbelievable! Oh! You really went for, re... <laughs> really <weren't> for that. I really went for that. I took two bats into the on-deck circle there. Right. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> Andy, this week has been the UN General Assembly here in New York, and it's been easy to tell that it's been going on by the hundreds of screaming teenage girls outside whatever hotel Secretary General Ban Ki-moon is rumoured to be staying in. Uh, I think they all call themselves Mooniacs, Andy, and they're big fans of the 68-year-old diplomatic dreamboat. The General Assembly is a big deal. Not so much in terms of what they get done, which is usually absolutely nothing, but in terms of the attention they get, which is usually quite a lot, because they put on a show, Andy. This is the big stage. It's basically the Olympics of talking. Each nation gets to have their moment on the big stage, having had months to prepare. And not only that, but they do it all in front of the most inexplicably disgusting green marble background imaginable. (laughs) It's as if the EU had had to decide on a background where no-one would look good, and this was the only one they could all agree on, because there is not a pigment of human skin tone on the planet which swamp green marble augments pleasantly. (laughs) Perhaps it's actually a way of undercutting everything that's said on the podium by making every single speaker look slightly ill. Oh, that's some very interesting points about the Middle East. What a shame it looks as though you're coming down with something. (laughs) The pedigree of the UN General Assembly comes from what has happened there in the past. Khrushchev addressing the Assembly. Hugo Chavez referring to George Bush as the devil and claiming that the podium smelt of sulphur. So many highlights. (laughs) Who can forget just a few years ago, Colonel Gaddafi, when he was significantly less dead than he is now, (laughs) going through two translators because one could not keep up with the length, breadth and speed of the bullshit he was firing out across the room like an industrial-strength crop sprayer. (laughs) These are big, crazy clown shoes to step into.
0: And uh, Barack Obama, John, seems to get a bit of criticism for taking the opportunity of all the world leaders being in New York to meet none of them and instead go on a telly show. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess you can sort of see it from an equality point of view, John, because, you know, if you meet one world leader, well, you just feel obliged to meet them all. it's, It's like weddings. If you invite someone, you feel you then have to invite their spouse or their partner or then their children, their parents, their accountant, their lawyer, their bank manager, their postman, their next door neighbour, their dog and cat, personal trainer, vicar, their Facebook friends, TV personalities they like, all the other people from their town, their fellow countrymen and women, other members of their satanic cults. And then, well, by the time you've done that, I mean, the seating plan is a f***ing nightmare. <laughs> so you can see why he
1: backed out of it, John. It, yeah. got, it got a lot of uh, attention over here, that uh, he took no one-on-one meetings with foreign leaders. That's the first time apparently the US president has not had any meetings in 20 years. But, again, it's classic of politics that instantly we leap to the negative. Let's think about the positive side, Andy. That left world leaders with a lot more time to go to Times Square and have their photo taken with a six-foot alcoholic Elmo. (laughs) So, you know, as one door closes, another one opens. That's what I'm saying. And
0: also, you know, it's just the show's ABC's The View, which I'll admit I'm not a, you know, a regular viewer of in Britain. But, you know, mm. if the presidents of Nowhereistan and Irrelevania wanted to meet the king of the free world on, John, they should have got themselves booked on the same episode of The View. That was open to any of them. It's just laziness yeah. on their part.
1: I'll guarantee that during the meeting with the president, you or, you also give the president a chance to meet Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> if you're not offering that, then he's going to go to The View. <laughs> Uh, President Obama is knee-deep in the election sewer at the moment. This was his last major speech on the global stage before November. And he had a tricky needle to thread while walking across his personal electoral tightrope. He needed to respond to the attack on the American embassy in Libya that killed a US ambassador, but he also needed to do it in a number of ways. He had to be stern enough to deflect criticism from the Romney camp that his foreign policy projects weakness, uh, although that's a slightly strange charge to lay at the feet of a president who's killed quite as many people through unilateral drone strikes as this current one has. Uh, But he also simultaneously needed to be encouraging of the Arab Spring so as not to fan the flames of the anti-US demonstrations that have been going on for the last few weeks. And that's a tricky balancing act. That's like standing on a tightrope in the middle of a tornado while juggling three hand grenades, a watermelon and a tiger. Not impossible, but undeniably tricky. (laughs) So he stated in his speech, the attacks on our civilians in Benghazi were attacks on America. There should be no doubt that we will be relentless in tracking down the killers and bringing them to justice, all the while giving the room a look that said, don't f***ing push me on this one. Know one thing about me. I have an itchy drone finger, and I literally won't think twice about using it. I order drone strikes like I sneeze, loudly, spectacularly, and with very little warning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And aggravated in springtime by a high-polling (laughs) account. He was also criticised for uh, not uh, discussing uh, the Middle East, Syrian civil war, Afghanistan or Iraq, and instead did really major on trying to stop people going off their stage-managed, politically-incited rockers over a sub-shit YouTube posting. He said it was (laughs) unrealistic to expect America, the nation, the political entity, to control all the output of its 300 million-plus citizens, at which point the rioting protesters around the world put down their flags, doused them with fire-retardant foam and said... Actually, he has got a point. This really is (laughs) totally unreasonable, and and what's more, it is bad for the environment. And now I come to think of it, the Quran does, in places, go in pretty big on the whole peace and tolerance for views and beliefs of others shtick. I'm going to cancel my subscription to Rabble Rousing International magazine. It's not doing me any (laughs) favours whatsoever.
1: Yeah, he did. He did use a lot of his address to sell the virtues of America's freedom of speech, saying, as president of our country and commander-in-chief of our military, I accept that people are going to call me awful things every day, and I will defend their right to do so. And for that, he received cheers across the room, but it wasn't exactly clear what those cheers were for. Was it, oh, yes, great point about freedom of speech, meaning tolerating comments even about yourself that you may find offensive. That is admirably intellectually consistent. Or was it, oh, yeah, great news, because I've got some horrendously offensive (laughs) things to say about you, and I'm going to take what you just said as a green light to let rip. Here's one. Are those your ears, or did your head just grow handles? Boom! You're right. This freedom of speech thing is fun. (laughs)
0: Obama also said, um, in response to the wild reaction to the uh, aforementioned YouTube uh, video, um, burning an American flag does nothing to provide a child an education. Well, with respect, Mr. President, that does actually depend on how you burn it and what observations you make whilst it is burning <laughs> if you burn the flag as a controlled scientific experiment it could actually be extremely educational you can analyse at what temperature and speed different fabrics burn with what colour flame they burn and what this might reveal about the chemical composition of the dyes used in the flag and how much they cost which in turn raises interesting economic questions about the nature of modern manufacturing in the context of a globalised commercial marketplace and of course the history of dyeing fabric is in many ways a history of western economics in general plus you've got the effect <laughs> of wind and meteorological <laughs> conditions on the flames, and and also you can infer how this knowledge could be applied in ensuring safety in forest fires, or indeed fires in flag factories. Also, might help educate the child in why flags became such important and emotive political symbols of national, political and religious identity uh, at a time when people were looking for unity and social control. In fact, the history of the flag is in many ways a history of civilization itself, and the Stars and Stripes specifically expresses the history of a modern nation emerging proudly from its colonial past, <laughs> forge a new independent character for itself in a changing world, which, of course, with the upheaval in the Arab world in the last two <laughs> years, is actually an extremely valuable object lesson in the reformation of nation-states. And you can also find uh, out why, when you burn an American flag, it's always the star representing Alaska that burns first, and the last stripe <laughs> left is always Connecticut. So, if you, burn an, burn it, if you observe a burning American flag properly, it's basically worth three years in school. Good point,
1: Andy. Thanks, John. I'm sorry, sorry, did I say good point? Long points. Long point. <laughs> long point. On long points, always good points. Well, I think that is usually the case. Alright, good. Good. Uh, the, the fact that the General Assembly is in America is a great example of freedom of speech in itself, because throughout history for the US, it's basically meant inviting all the leaders of the world to come to your country and talk shit about you to your face. <laughs> but I do think that rather than articulating a reasoned case for freedom of speech, you really should have just proved it. Don't just tell them how great it is. Show them. Open your speech by saying, Good afternoon, f- knuckles." <laughs> now, guess what kind of trouble I'm going to get in for opening my speech like that? None. That's how much trouble. Zero. I'm covered due to freedom of speech laws. So with that in mind, here's some more. I think all Asian people are at least 30% magic. Can I back that statement up? Of course I can't. Did I just say it anyway? You f- betcha. So, like the way the freedom of speech sounds, of course you do, you bunch of dickbags. If you need me, I'll be in the White House. Peace out. (laughs) Unfortunately, he didn't do that, Andy, and consequently, not everyone responded to his freedom of speech argument positively. Uh, The new Egyptian president, Mohamed Morsi, rejected uh, the freedom of speech sales pitch and argued that although Egypt now embraces democracy and human rights, it was not going to tolerate categorical free speech and would not tolerate insults to religion he said Egypt respects freedom of expression one that is not used to incite hatred against anyone one that is not directed toward one specific religion or cult you see that that is the problem there because that is very much the spicy garnish to freedom of speech that gives it its special taste (laughs) it's easy to support freedom of speech when you like it it's much harder when it's coming out of a mouth that you'd ideally like to have sewn shut in front of you (laughs) Take the Westboro Baptist Church here in America, Andy. They are people who whose speech suggests that they would each benefit greatly from having a series of golf balls forcibly shoved down their throats. <laughs> but under freedom of speech laws, you merely have to console yourself with telling them to go f*** themselves <laughs> as loudly and as often as you can.
0: Well, it is a very... you know. I, th- I think we're, we're very lucky to be in countries where free speech is sort of accepted. You know, even if I were to say on the bugle, hey, everyone, listen up, that... D- you all think it's so great. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> was nothing but a b- who sucked b- and b- b- with his b- and frankly his supporters that b- are even bigger b- than the b- himself. Well, you know, if I said that, which let, let me make absolutely clear I have not said, then I would expect that man's devotees to be rightly offended. But I would also expect them in a free country to be able to take it on the chin. It's, simple, it's a simple fact. Tim Henman wasn't that good. <laughs> I should be able to accept that without getting all hit up about it. Imagine even Henman himself would acknowledge my right to talk about him like that. And he was a very good player. I wouldn't say that anyway, John, because you know I don't like to offend people gratuitously. And I liked Henman as a player. He was an old school stylist. And if anything, he overachieved during his career in an era of power tennis. But the point is, I'm allowed to say it. That was Bugle 207, and I stand by my views on Tim Henman. More good news tomorrow. In the meantime, if politics is too much, catch the latest Gargle podcast with Alice Fraser. Now, the Gargle is the glossy magazine offshoot of The Bugle. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better